It's the Dogcast, episode number 245. This is the December News Show. Hey, dog fans, it's the Dogcast number 255. We are in the postseason now. It's December, and uh, we're after the SEC championship game, and uh, there have been a few developments in Athens, and me and Old Dog wanted to get together and bring you guys up to speed. For for all our listeners in Guatemala, you know, we, Old Dog, we have a huge listener base in Guatemala, you know, and uh, they don't uh, really, they don't have a, a good source. I, I, I know it's crazy, but they don't have a really great source of Bulldog information in Guatemala. Other than us. Uh, yeah, other than us, exactly. So uh, you, you, what were you saying? that You were just talking about the Liberty Bowl. You want to start with the Liberty well, what Bowl. I'm, yeah, what I was saying is we've really got two things to talk about. Liberty Bowl changes on coaching staff, and I'm figuring let's go ahead and knock this Liberty Bowl thing out because it should take 20, 25 seconds. <laughs> and then we can move on to – we can move on to hopefully bigger and better things. <laughs> like strength and conditioning? Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, we have more things to talk about than just those two things. We all, we have not talked about the Boise State game, you know, the, the, the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. Um, we haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about Justin Houston making first team all SEC. Uh, we, we, we haven't talked about Zach Mettenberger going to LSU. There, we got stuff, man. We, we got news. But let's That's true. let's lead with the Liberty Bowl. Let's lead with the Liberty okay. Bowl. Dogs are playing in the Liberty Bowl, as you uh, as you just stated. We're playing against the University of Central Florida Golden Knights. Uh, you know, old dog, I had a chance to go. I actually went. I visited the University of Central Florida this this fall. During football oh, season, scouting mission? I, I was. I this is just, this is how out in front of it it is. This is how out in front the dog cast is. I was scouting Central Florida's football team back in September, just because <laughs> I I thought this might happen. I I could kind of foresee a Liberty Bowl Central Florida mat- matchup. So um, I spent some time. You know, it's actually a really big school. I mean, it's a huge school in terms of student numbers and things like that on campus and off campus. It's bigger than the University of Georgia. Can you believe that? It is yeah, a, it is a mean, gigantic they, school. They were saying it is also one of the fastest growing. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. And uh, I actually wasn't down there on a – I know it sounds crazy, but I wasn't down there on a scouting mission. I was down there for other business. But uh, but it is a big – it's a big, nice school uh, in the, you know, kind of uh, – you know, it's not far from – it's it's right there in Orlando. The main campus is right there in Orlando. It's not far from Disney World. Uh, that's, uh, that's Mac McCord World down there, you know. Uh, that's where the, the – yeah, McC- And their champion – and they're what? Conference USA champions? Yeah, they are Conference USA, CUSA champions. Um, so wow. How would you like to play in a conference where your champion goes to the Liberty Bowl? <laughs> how would you like to play in a conference you know, where you have to designate that you're playing football in the USA just so people know it? 
because <laughs> people are people aren't sure if you're even an American team, and you're like, no, no, we're a USA football conference. We play in the they USA in conference USA. <laughs> You As know, opposed I mean, to like CUSSR, which is their counterpart in Russia, where they play American football in Siberia. Um, so yeah, you're right. The champion of the CUSA Conference USA goes to. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is pretty funny. You play in a conference yeah, where your I mean, conference champion goes to the Liberty Bowl, and I guess the runner-up hits the Independence Bowl. Oh, a little zinger on our North Avenue friends there. Uh, yeah, and you know, uh, well, you've also got the North Avenue Trade School playing there in the big, and play, you know, they picked up our spot, our Shreveport slot. Exactly, as, as we moved up. And you know, how <laughs> weird is that? You have a worse record and get what is supposedly a better goal. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, yeah. But, I, but anyway, I mean, from from where the old dog sits, who really cares? I mean, yeah, is it going to be nice to turn the TV on? When are we playing? Christmas it's, it's, Day no, or something it, like it's, that? It's New Year's Eve, 3.30 New, New Year's Eve. We play the same day as South Carolina plays, the SEC East champion. We play just, before, just before the Chick-fil-A Bowl on New Year's Eve. You know, so I mean, I guess the good things supposedly that come out of getting a bowl bed is we get what fifteen more practices. Yes. Hopefully, we can make some of this count. Yes. Maybe we can actually even practice some defense. Yes. Well, <clears throat> you know, we do get the extra practices, and um, and and that's a positive. You know, I mean, and the kids. I mean, you know, the, the the boys. I think enjoy it. I mean, it's a trip. I mean, it's a trip. You're going somewhere. You know, I, I know you're not really. <laughs> Going to Memphis is not well, it, not that big a deal. It's not that exciting. Well, they have good barbecue. They do have good barbecue, and I mean, and if you're a college kid, you know, I mean, you're going on a trip. You're going to go on a trip, and they're probably going to give you an iPod or something like that. You know, you're going to get a yeah, and and if you're a little bit sneaky, it'd be something to sell. <laughs> well, make yourself a little cash. You know, listen. All you got to do, you don't, you don't sell it. You just let one of your parents sell it. You let your parents sell it. They sell it on eBay or whatever. If it's a there you go. Say I left it. Say I left it at the house and. Mom and dad sold the thing. I don't know what, what happened. <laughs> and I don't know what happened to the money. I didn't get the money. I wasn't a part of it. I didn't know they were selling it. But uh, we just got a new car. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so we sold my iPod and I got a new car out of it. That's all I know. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about. That. I, I actually have some news about the Liberty Bowl. You want to hear? You want to hear some key matchups? You want? You want to hear what's going on Please. with the Liberty Bowl? Please. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want something. Other than the fact that it's the Bulldogs playing their game, which is really all I need to watch. But for the casual football fan, why would I turn this ball game on at 3.30 on New Year's Eve when I could be doing something like cleaning my fingernails? I'm glad you asked, old dog, because I have an answer. You're going to get to see the two top-ranked freshman quarterbacks in the country. In terms of passing efficiency, in terms of quarterback rating, Aaron Murray and the kid from Central Florida, his name is Jeff Godfrey, they're the top two freshman quarterbacks in the country. 
Now this, and I'll tell you why you want to tune in, because this kid Godfrey can run and throw. He is, Ooh. he is a lot like, let me, I'm gonna throw, I'm not gonna say he's a lot like Cam Newton, okay? Let me, I'm not going, I'm not going there, but I'll tell you who he is a lot like. He's a lot like that kid from Colorado. In fact, Georgia, I mean, in fact, Central Florida has the same colors as Colorado. They have a very similar offense as Colorado, and they do a lot of things just like Colorado. That's a good reason hopefully, to tune in. Hopefully beating us is not going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll give you another reason to tune in. We want to see how Washon Ely and Caleb King play against the number 10 ranked rushing defense in the country. The Golden Knights defense is not totally crappy. They only give up 110 yards a game on the ground. They're ranked 10th nationally. Now, granted, those are Conference USA numbers, but hey, they got a defense. They got a quarterback who can run and throw, and they got a defense that can stop the run. And they've also got George O'Leary. He of the, he of the magic typewriter, Former Georgia Tech, <laughs> former Georgia Tech coach, who have you forgotten the story? George O'Leary was called up to the Bigs from Georgia Tech up to Notre Dame and stayed up there. I think uh, I don't know how long was he there, old dog? A week, five days, something I, like that. I wasn't even thinking it was that. I was thinking it was a couple days. It might have been a couple of days when it was when it was discovered that his magic typewriter had all by itself had typed some stuff on his resume that turned out to not be true. So, little uh, typo. George, but I mean, who hadn't who hadn't done that? Who hasn't had a typo on their resume? <laughs> mm. So there you go. There's three good reasons to tune into. There's three good reasons to tune in. Who's got the best quarterback? Can we run on their defense? And who's going to man up between Coach Rick and Coach George O'Leary? And and here's my thinking: is we've got the better quarterback. Who knows about our running game? And uh, let's hope Coach Rick is uh, moving in the right direction. Well, Coach Rick and Coach O'Leary have played together. O'Leary's last season was 2001, which was Coach Rick's first season. And uh, Coach Rick got the got the. Of course, since that's been in the last decade, and we won all but one of the games in the last decade, then that means that, that was a game we also won. So a uh, little jab there at my Georgia Tech buddies down there in Atlanta, the law offices in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. There you go. So obviously it was a win for us because we win on you know on a, I guess I don't know nine out of ten whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I, I grow tired of keeping stats on how often we beat Georgia Tech. But the thing is, I, you know it it's it's a game it it's a game to watch. I, I can't tell you it's going to be a good game. I I don't know uh, if we're going to win, but it is a Georgia football game that we get that we can watch there on New Year's Eve. Big Absolutely, and and I mean and we will be. Yeah. Because if you're if you you love the Bulldogs one way or the other, if they're going twelve, thirteen and zero, or if they're going six and six. Yeah. If your blood runs red and black, you're going to be watching that game on New Year's Eve, three thirty on New Year's Eve. Absolutely. Now, more football news because we haven't talked about this. The Chick Fil A, you know, we kind of I kind of skipped over we kind of skipped over this. How about Greg McGarity, new AD, putting us on stage with this Boise State game, old dog? The Chick-fil-A kickoff classic next year, we open with Boise State. We open Boise State, South Carolina. Well, I mean, you know, we got Boise State week one, South Carolina week two. Boise State at the Georgia Dome, South Carolina in Athens. Uh, you know, 
I've been, I'm telling you, old dog, and I, we've already talked about this. I think that is Greg McGarity pushing all of Coach Rick's chips into the middle of the table. <laughs> well, and, and it is, and on the next thing we're going to talk about, too, I think Rick, you know, pushed back, too, with with his decisions on strength and conditioning. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this is this is a definite this is a watershed year. We've got the season. I mean, it's the season of reckoning coming up. Yeah. There's, there's I no mean, doubt. It, it really is. I mean, you've got the AD and the head football coach, and the poker is a good analogy. Uh, McGarity's done all he can do. He went all in, and uh, Rick did the same. He, you're really you're – really, and you are foreshadowing our next topic about strength and conditioning, and, and I think you're spot on. Um, the Boise State game. Now, I'll tell you this. You know, Boise State loses 17 of 22 starters this year. So – and, you know, they're coming off the big Nevada loss. I want to back every Bulldog fan who is thinking, oh, my God, we're going to get killed by Boise. Come back off the ledge just a little bit because – I'm not, it's not entirely decided that we're going to get crushed by Boise in the Georgia Dome next year, okay? So don't get so excited or so worried or so scared about Boise State rolling up into Athens and taking us down next year, okay? Um, Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta, yeah, you're right. Um, but, so, but Derek, now, now the casual Georgia fan, unlike yourself, yes. would be petrified. Yes. Because he has seen Boise State just going past happy on just about every team they've played, rolling up big numbers. Yes. They have also seen the Georgia Bulldogs under, for the last two or three years, just absolutely incapable of stopping a pass. Being being pass unhappy, if you will. A- absolutely. <laughs> We're the so, opposite I mean, of pass it, happy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm with you. I don't think Boise State is all that. I mean, I remember a few years ago they were going to roll in and, you know, it was going to be a massacre and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a massacre, just went the other way. You're right. But uh, I don't think it's going to be that this year. I think it's going to be a tough game. And I'm just hoping that throughout our 15 extra bowl practices, spring practice, we've got six months to prepare to stop a passing attack. I hope to God we can do it. No doubt. And I just wanted to, <clears throat> I just wanted to prepare everybody. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy game either, but it's not going to be the formerly number three ranked BCS team that's coming to, coming to Atlanta next year either. It's going to be the first game of what is, in effect, a brand new team. I mean, they're going to be a brand new team. Like I said, they're losing 17 of 22 starters. So they're going to roll basically a brand new team on offense and defense out. And uh, I, I think we're going to have the edge. I, and not only in fans, not only in location and, and things like that. They've, they've taken 15,000 of about 70,000 tickets. So it's going to amount to a home game for us in a friendly atmosphere, an atmosphere that we've been successful in. And... Um, you know, I, I'm hoping we're not going to have a wet the bed mentality when we when we take on Boise State next year, and they're going to be rolling out a brand a virtually brand new team. So and thank God it's on a Saturday. And yeah, exactly. And as you said, that gives us six months to get ready. And talking about getting ready, nice segue. New strength and conditioning uh, coordinator at the University of Georgia. Um, not new to the University of Georgia, a old hand, a guy who's been, a guy who's pretty much been working and for the University of Georgia continuously since he was a player. 
uh, Joe Tereshinsky the second, not the kid who quarterbacked us a couple of years ago, but his dad. Uh, I got a few uh, emails saying, uh, God, isn't this kid too young to be our strength and conditioning coach? You know, he's not going to have the, the gravitas. And I said, no, you're thinking about our guy's son. So um, Joe Tereshinsky, Joe T. Yeah, we've got plenty of gravitas. <laughs> yeah, gravitas is not our problem on strength and conditioning staff. No. And as you said, old dog, you said um, a very popular point that, that you think this is Coach Rick kind of thumbing his nose at the athletic administration. Is, is that is that where you were headed with that? Well, I, to to an extent. I mean, I think Coach Rick is apparently a very very <laughs> stubborn man. And I think he is thinking, you know, his way is right, and he's making, and he makes the coaching decisions. And he does not like to be Um, forced to do anything. No. And I don't, I really don't, I think the best coaching decision Coach Rick has ever made so far is putting Brian Van Gorder as our defensive coordinator. And his coaching decisions have kind of gone downhill since then. Okay, and I, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I think you know. And we've been beating the drum. You've got a lot of articles out there now. Everyone's trying to take credit for who broke the story on our strength and conditioning program being bad. Well, everyone knows it was me and you. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah, nobody's nobody. nobody. I still got an article here on my computer when some idiot. At, at the Gainesville, Georgia newspaper was trying to call us out because we said it was bad. We caused a little furor within the, the coaching staff and on the blogs and stuff like that. And we were just two, two simple minded idiots that really couldn't see what was going on. Well, you know, now everyone is beating the drum. It's bad. It's bad. This and that. So, you know, that's where we are. Um, Rick, I, I don't understand the move i think we needed to get someone in from the outside that can relate a little bit better to the players rick has gone old school you know this is like pulling in the assistant principal that's going to crack the whip and i mean tereshinsky has been the assistant strength and conditioning coach i mean if if he thought it was so bad that I mean, why would you stick around? Or yeah. was he trying to do something on the side? And I tell you, up until a point in reading about all this stuff and everything else, I thought this might be a good thing until there was one sentence in there that said Coach Rick and Coach Tereshinsky were still trying to decide whether they were going to keep these mat drills. I tell you what, it's that's kind of like swagger. If I don't ever hear the damn words mat drills again, I'll be happy because obviously they don't work. You want to put mat drills in the same category as signature win and swagger, huh? Exactly. I mean, you know, if if mat drills were all that, we wouldn't be. I mean, this was. <laughs> there was a quote. I can't remember. Maybe it was from the AJC or something, but they were quoting some of the Florida players. And one guy said, I knew we had them because their guys were wheezing 
in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, wheezing is something an old man or an old woman does when their nose is clogged. <laughs> I mean, if you are a 19, 20, 21-year-old athlete, you don't wheeze. Right. <laughs> under any circumstances. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hear you, old dog. And uh, to a point, I agree with you. I, I, you know, definitely, I think Coach Rick missed an opportunity, possibly missed an opportunity. You know, you basically, on the face of it, you're trading one 60-year-old pro- lifetime career program insider for another 60-year-old lifetime career program insider, a guy who was already on the strength and conditioning staff, you know? And that doesn't seem to be like the titanic change that a lot of Georgia fans were hoping for. But but having said that, anybody who knows Coach Van Hallinger and knows Coach Tereshinsky knows that they are two entirely different kind of guys. And it, and also John Casey also, they are two entirely different kind of guys. And I do think that Coach Tereshinsky will bring a new level of accountability and attitude that Coach Van Hallinger did not have. Uh, a kind of, you you could call it fire in the belly or piss and vinegar or whatever you want to call it. But J- Joe T is a whole lot more serious kind of guy than Van Hallinger is, when it, just in terms of attitude. He just doesn't have that, I don't know, he's just not as nice. <laughs> he's not as nice and as kindly and as Van Hallinger was. And... The problems that we've been talking about in strength and conditioning for two years that we broke here, the news that we broke on the Dogcast over two years ago, have always been, it's always been an accountability issue. Nobody questions, I have not ever, we've not ever questioned the methods. I mean, I know you knocking on mat drills and stuff like that, and it's true, I do think we need to make changes there. But the biggest problem that we've had in strength and conditioning for the past two years is an accountability on nutrition, on showing up, on being there, little things, the little accountability things. And I think that John Casey, being the old dorm mother that he was, he used to be the dorm mother over McWhorter. And, uh, I mean, look, when you're in charge of getting these kids in bed and making sure they meet curfews and stuff, you are the, you're the king of accountability, okay? And uh, John Casey knows a thing or two about accountability. And Coach Tereshinsky knows a thing or two about accountability. And one thing, one ray of sunshine, old dog, was the hidden little gem, the little, the little news quote that said the other assistant coaches on staff called Coach Tereshinsky to congratulate him and are excited about the move. Because I think guys who are inside the program understand that the biggest problem we have is accountability. If we can fix the accountability and just make sure that everybody who's supposed to be there is there and they're working hard while they are there, I think the, I think the rest, by and large, will take care of itself. And well, I, I think so. And I think you probably hit the nail on the head, too, talking about accountability. Because, I mean, we've got two issues. It's strength and conditioning. And I don't think that strength is probably where we're lacking. I mean, you know, we hear these glowing reports, you know, that we've got guys that are, you know, lifting Mack trucks up over their head. <laughs> right. And, you know, tossing them around and things like that. And then we're just setting records, you know, every day on 
clean and jerks and bench presses and squats and all this kind of stuff. I think it goes a lot more to the conditioning, and the conditioning goes right along with the accountability. The conditioning is when you're getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and going out and running. It's not when you're bebopping into the weight room at 10 and throwing 400 pounds on the bench press and doing it 800 times. You're right. I mean, I mean you're exactly right. The conditioning part, the conditioning part of strength and conditioning is the hard part. I mean, it's kind of like the boxer that, that is out there eating raw eggs like in the Rocky movie and running early in the morning when there's nobody out there cheering him on. His buddies aren't there pushing him, you know, to lift that extra weight. That's what we've got to do because I don't ever want to hear about a George athlete wheezing again. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, Van Hounser was throwing around all these stats, you know, and he throws around a lot of strength stats, a lot of bench press and stuff like that. The kind of stats he doesn't throw around are stats like how many 40s we did today. You know, um, on say, for instance, on offensive line or defensive line, you don't hear about um, – uh, when, let's say, uh, an assistant coach uh, or, let's say, the running game coordinator goes for a three-mile jog through campus and meets his boys who are practicing at the uh, Woodruff Fields, and then this guy who's, uh, you know, in his 40s absolutely smokes their ass, after a three-mile run, smokes all the offensive linemen on um, – 40-yard dashes, 10, 15, 40-yard dashes in a row. When a 45-year-old former All-American from Auburn is smoking your 18, 19-year-old offensive lineman in the 40-yard dash over and over and over and over and over, it's a conditioning issue. It's not, I don't, you know, bench pressing is one thing. Having wind in the fourth quarter is another thing, and this is the thing that Coach Tereshinsky is going to focus on. I mean, you might say I'm putting lipstick on a pig here, but I'm telling you, I do think it's an upgrade. It's definitely an upgrade over what we had. Is it the guy, is it the strength and conditioning team of your dreams? No. It is definitely an upgrade, though. And Coach Jaroszynski, I think, hit it on the head. You know, we do the four fingers up in the fourth quarter thing. That is a tradition. We've been doing that for 30 years, old dog, maybe longer. And that used to be a big deal. You know, but think about how many games. Yeah, it used we, to mean something. Think about how many games we led or were tied or were within a one score of the lead in the fourth quarter this year that we ultimately lost. That four fingers thing that we do at the beginning of the fourth quarter is not something we just invented that's just for fun or just for kicks. That means it's the fourth quarter. This is our house, and we're going to run your ass into the ground in the fourth quarter. It used to be a big deal. It used to mean something, and we've gotten away from that. We forgot what that means. That tradition, that 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 history, just just doesn't mean anything anymore. And that's what we got to fix. Oh, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I mean, and, and where we are, you know, kind of coming full circle on this. For this, this is the gamble that Rick has made. He's made his bed, and it's either going to work or it's not. So. You folks out there that listen to the show that are, are Coach Rick supporters, I mean, this is it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of guessing if we don't have at least a nine-win season this coming year, they're gone. I and I am a Coach Rick supporter, as you know, old dog. As everybody listens to the show, I'm a big supporter of Coach Rick. 
And I do tend to agree with you. I think what McGarity has done with the Boise State game and then the South Carolina game, I mean, we're gonna know we're gonna know a lot after the first two weeks of next season, <laughs> you know. And I do think it's uh, I do think we have a season of reckoning coming. I really do. And I yeah. think it's gonna and take nine wins. I think it's really gonna take nine wins to um, to right the ship or to to feel and, like we're in what, a good trajectory. And what scares me more than anything about Coach Rick is I'm not sure he sees the problems that we have. I'm not. I think. I think he was forced in to moving Van Hallinger out. I do too. And I think, in kind of a little defiant move, he kept these guys that have been running the program because there's a part of me, and it's a large part, that I don't think he thought there was any problem with our strength and conditioning program. Well, let's let's. Uh, we don't know. Let's just agree that we don't. I hope know. I'm. I hope I'm wrong. I agree. Let's just agree that we don't know. Um. But I'll tell you, you know, moving on, a few more little housekeeping issues, because, I mean, you're right. I mean, and, and that's really all there is to say about it. But in, in other little yeah. housekeeping issues, Justin Houston named a first-team All-SEC team. Congratulations to Justin Houston making first-team All-SEC. And we had a lot of second-team All-SEC guys. <laughs> Old dog, you got um, A.J. Green and Clint Bowling and Blair Walsh and Akeem Dent all made second-team all SEC, and a lot of people thought that AJ Green should have made first team, but you can't miss—you um, just can't miss SEC games. Can't miss a third of your season. You can't miss a third of your season to make first team SEC. There's just no way. There's no way. But um, congratulations to all those guys, all five of them. Congratulations on a great season, um, a great personal season, and congratulations wow. on making that SEC, getting that SEC honor. Um. How you feeling about Zach Mettenberger going to LSU, playing for the Hat, turning down? How you feeling about Zach Mettenberger getting offers from Alabama, Arkansas, and LSU, and then choosing LSU? Well, you know, I mean, obviously he he likes to take a gamble, and uh, maybe he just thinks there there are a lot of non non firm brass in uh, Louisiana that need to be inspected. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I don't think Zach I mean, Megaburn is a Cam Newton, but I'll tell you, you know, it's set, it's really got, it, it's setting up like the Cam Newton thing. You had a guy, he was on track, then he gets kicked off, he plays a year at Juco, then he comes back to your, comes back to your conference. The good, and, but the good news is it's an East-West thing, kind of like the Florida-Auburn thing. At least he's not playing in the SEC East, but, um, you know, uh, man. Yeah, and I'm not sure of our future schedules, but I don't even think we'll play LSU during the regular season while he's there. I mean, the only chance that he'd get to play us, if he even is, if he, is a if starting he, quarterback yeah. on the team, sure. is going to be you know in a championship game that uh, hopefully we'll be able to get to. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, congratulations to Menberger. You know, I mean, he's 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 back, man. I mean, scholarship, full scholarship to a SEC football team. You know, I mean, he paid his dues, went away, and. You know, he's back doing what he does, you know. We'll see how that turns out. There you out. go. Well, let's hope he doesn't do everything he does. Yeah, let's see how that turns out. And then the last thing I was going to mention today is our – we had a we had a poll winner for the season, old dog. I want to, I want to congratulate our poll winner. We had a guy, a, a married couple, and uh, out, of, out of the great state of Arkansas, believe it or not, who, um, who won the poll, did not win a single week – of the poll all year long until the last week, old dog, won the last week, and that put 
him over the top to win the season on points. Congratulations to Shane Stevens of Arkansas on winning the poll for the last week, week 13, and winning it for the season on total points. That was a wow. great way to come up big at the end there, buddy. I, I asked him. Yes, I, I invited. I invited him for a special thing. Uh, he's going to give a, uh, a special talk to the Bulldog team during uh, spring practice next year about finishing the drill and about uh, coming up big at the end. <laughs> you know, about closing the deal. Up. How to come up and close the deal big at the end. You know, because I mean, who who better than Shane Stevens from Arkansas to uh, to talk to our guys about closing the deal? So, congratulations to him. Shane, your uh, your prize pack is on the way, buddy. <clears throat> but old dog, that's about it for me this week. Um, we're gonna have a a, a pre bowl show. You know, we'll talk about uh, I get anywhere. We'll talk about the Heisman winner, and we'll talk about the bowl the bowl pre game and the bowl po- bowl post game. But uh, that's all the news out of the past week or ten days out of Athens. Do you have anything to add? No, that's about it. I mean, we'll get together. You know, maybe a week before the bowl and. Uh, probably have a little more information and hopefully give a little more insight, you know, onto that. And uh, like I say, let's just hope that, you know, these these practices help us uh, develop something for next year because nobody in the Bulldog Nation wants to go through this again. Ooh, boy, I tell you what, a bad season forgotten. That's what I just want, you know, I mean, let's just let this thing go, you know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, um. That's about it, dog fans. Thanks for listening. Uh, tell your friends about the show. If you guys want to get in, tell your friends that you want, if they want to be smart dog fans, tell them to listen to this show. Tell them to get off the dog vent and start listening to the dogcast at dogcast.com. You can email us at uh, dogcast at gmail.com or you can call us at 706-363-0210. This show has been brought to you, by the way, by the AARP, who is the new headline sponsor of the strength and conditioning program for the University of Georgia, ARP, making your retirement dreams come true. And uh, we'll be back with a bowl pregame show, uh, like Old Dog said, before the bowl game. But uh, Old Dog, are you an AARP member? Are you the Not one? yet, but you, I'm starting. I'm starting to get the literature. You say, well, I they didn't start. Know. They start recruiting you early. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's like about the time you're a sophomore. They start making contact with you. Yeah, I hear they, they start sending you some letters saying, man, we'd like you to join the team. Come on over, look at the campus. Well, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff we can do. We can, uh, you know, we can get you oxygen cheap, uh, pills. When you need, when you, you know, when you need a blow, when you need a blow, we've got your oxygen on the sideline brought to you by exactly. we, your supply of pills at a time. We you need, know, maybe we need to get our oxygen bottles, get our oxygen bottles labeled with AARP <laughs> on the side of them. You know, and we need to redecorate the strength and conditioning room with some AARP logos. Um, anyway, the dog fans, that's where we're at. Uh, thanks for listening. Go dogs. Derek and Old Dog, thanks for leading the charge. I just got the news that Van Hallens are officially retired. So uh appreciate you for being the ground swell along with a little help from Barbara Dooley to uh, move us in the right direction. Thanks, man. What's going on? It's Jordan from up in the 614 area code of Columbus, Ohio. The snow is falling. The wind is blowing. And the Buckeyes have an opportunity to show the SEC what is up. So just wanted to comment and uh, and and let you know that I'm picking Georgia over Central Florida in the Liberty Bowl. 
So you heard it from me. You heard it from the Buckeye guy that I think that Georgia will beat Central Florida in their bowl game. So congratulations. I think you got this one unlocked. Uh, in, in our neck of the woods, I'm picking Ohio State to, uh, to win big over the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Ryan Mallett, you know, you look at Ryan Mallett, you say he's a great quarterback and he's, he's too good for Ohio State. Here's the truth, man. He's a Big Ten boy. He, he went to Michigan. You guys may have forgotten about that, but he went to Michigan. So Ohio State's seen him before. Trestle knows about Ryan Mallett and, uh, and, and and honestly, I think that this is when you're you're really gonna you're gonna see Ohio State blossom into the team that they truly are. So Ohio State's defense comes up big. Terrell Pryor, Lord willing, doesn't make a stupid ass decision to uh, to lose this game. So uh, I'm thinking Ohio State's gonna win that game over Arkansas. Uh, keep on uh, keeping on. Love love the show, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. We'll see you and go Buckeyes. Bye bye.